right, everybody. Welcome to Talk and Pit. I'm extremely excited for our special guest today. Uh, it is actually our director of athletics here at the University of Pittsburgh, Heather Like. So our leader of the athletic department and a big reason why I came here to Pitt. So Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thrilled to be here and thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. No, we're very excited. And um, this podcast is all about really the evolution of performance and sports science. So um, Heather's been evolutionary just in um, building out our department. And like, I remember when I was at Pitt in 2012, and then coming back to this role now, and it's been really, really cool to see all of the transformation there's been and just the success in athletics. And I'm really excited to be a part. But um, first thing, Heather, I'd love for you to share with everybody just a quick summary of your career path and just how you've gotten to this current role here at Pitt today. Sure. Um, uh, the, the high level um, summary of my career path, uh, you know, I was a product of college sports. So I played softball at the University of Michigan um, and had an extraordinary experience, had an incredible coach. Um, and, you know, I think um, graduating from Michigan and, and reflecting on my, you know, student athlete experience, I knew I didn't want to coach necessarily, but I thought if I could ever, you know, help student athletes um, have the type of experience that I had, that it would be a meaningful work. And I saw how much my coach enjoyed what she did. And if I could enjoy my, you know, my career as much as my coach loved coaching softball, um, I think, you know, that was something that I took away from that experience. And so, yeah, I went on to law school. Um, I had the privilege of working at the NCAA and and then jumped into, you know, uh, the NCAA was great, but I think you miss what you're doing all is all about. So I had the privilege to get back to a campus and see the impact that you can have on coaches and student athletes and staff. And so I worked at Cincinnati for a couple of years. And then I spent, you know, really the bulk of my career growing up in this industry at Ohio State um, or the Ohio State University. Um, uh, as a Michigan grad, that's a little bit tricky. But um, but anyway, you know, I went there because of the extraordinary leaders that I had the chance to work for. So I worked for Andy Geiger for um, six or seven years, and I worked for Gene Smith for nine years. And, um, you know, really just um, could write a book on um, what it's like to work for some of the greatest athletic directors in the country, because they gave me chances to learn and watch and evolve my um, responsibilities and um and then eventually I took my first athletic director position at Eastern Michigan University. And I was there for four years and just an incredible experience. Um, loved every bit of it. And then um, Pitt came open and, um, you know, I'm a Midwest kid, so I'm not probably going to venture very far from the Midwest. Um, my family's from Ohio. So um, and, and uh, so this was a an incredible combination of athletics and academics and, um, you know, a chance to compete at the highest level when you're competing for ACC championships, you're in the hunt for a national championship. Um, so to be able to do it on that platform with the quality of academic institution that Pitt is, and then to work for Chancellor Gallagher was, you know, really the culmination of a, a perfect fit for me. And um, really to be a part of also building something that this, you know, I think Pitt wasn't um, what we expected it to be. Um, and, and now we're, you know, headed into year six, this is the sixth year. And so I think the trajectory of our sports are headed in the right direction. And it's been, a it's been an extraordinary experience so far. Yeah, definitely. 
I can speak to wanting to come work for great leaders. That's why I'm here. I, uh, I was so thankful when I met with you on my interview, of course, but um, getting to know you then and then just seeing the evolution and the new colors. I love the new colors and how bright mm-hmm. and exciting it is. So super excited about all that. And I think that leads well into um, talking a little bit about the Pitt brand and getting to know that. So I think um, Heather's done a really great job of just getting the whole entire athletic department to understand like what we're working towards, whether you're in strength and conditioning, sport science, athletic training, the sport coaches, the athletes. So Heather, would you um, be open to talking to me a little bit about the Pitt brand, whether it's our, our mantra, our characteristics, um, and just what makes Pitt so unique? Yeah. So um, when we first got here, you mentioned a little bit about the color change. So I'll just mention, you know, when we got here, um, Pitt had struggled with its brand and I think had, um, you know, it's very strong. There's great pride in Pittsburgh. I don't know a place that has the kind of pride that Pitt and Pittsburgh have, but um, it's strong and it's real and it's genuine. And, um, but, but the brand itself, when you talk about the business of it, the brand had, had changed many, many times and almost to a fault. And, um, you know, we were Pitt, Pittsburgh, block pit, script pit, old colors, new colors, um, throwback colors. We had all these things. And when I went to the first athletic director meeting for the ACC, um, I was sitting in between Georgia Tech and Notre Dame and our nameplates were in front of us and they were in colors. And I was like, ooh, we're the exact same colors. Um, What distinguishes us? So we worked with Nike our first year and um, their global identity group came in and I said, look, do not change the script pit. We're going to be script pit as long as I can pray that we are. But can you take a look at our colors? And we want to stand out. We want to go back and look at what the history. I mean, the history of pit is extraordinary, Um, you know, across all sports. But, you know, in particular, football and and certainly basketball. But um, and back then they wore sort of a version of our colors right now. And, um, and when they won the national championship, they were in those types of colors. So, so we obviously came out with our new colors, the yellow and the gold and pit, pit blue, pit yellow. Um, and, uh, and I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a distinguishing look. I think it's a pride. Uh, you know, we obviously created a panther head. Um, we created a font. We created a pattern, the cathedral stripe. And the colors are, um, I think, very noticeable. And there's a, I don't know, there's a pride. You look good, you play good, that sort of thing. Um, I think there's a pride into it. Um, but as a department, um, you know, we have um, tried to center in on a mantra or, you know, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of competition that we compete against in, within the ACC and across the country. And um, we worked with a branding company recently. and heart hook and they really challenged us to think about what what is it that we do every day like really what is it that we're doing and um we came up with this mantra and this purpose of you know we build champions and we're committed to excellence and part of me was like well that's not unique to pit and um and then they gave us the example of you know for example bmw and bmw is the, their mantra is the ultimate driving machine and that's not really unique in, in, in the sense of the car dealer. That could be Jeep, that could be BMW, you know, VW, it could be Lexus, whatever, fill in the blank. But really, whoever proves their purpose owns that purpose. And so when we've said we're going to build champions, 
Um, and we're committed to excellence. That is our purpose. That's what we're here to do. So we need to go prove it every day. So building champions is focused on, um, you know, it's never done, right? Even if you win a national championship, the next year, you've got to come back and rebuild your team. You've got to refocus. Um, so it's always an evolution. We're always learning. We're always growing. We always want to get better at what we do. So that's why the word building champions, building is very active and intentional. And champions is, is naturally in the athletic world, you know, individuals, teams, um, but also leaders and young people and how we grow people within this industry. And, and then externally, we have a champions advisory board, our highest, you know, donor affinity group. Um, and those are, that's our champions advisory board and they help champion our purpose. So building champions has a lot of different meanings and a lot of different purposes, but it's very intentional about, you know, constantly growing and building and learning and getting better at what we do every day. And then committed to excellence. Um, we didn't want to say like, we're trying to be good. You know, we wanted to say we're committed. Like we're, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, trying and then like making a real commitment. And uh, I know in the, you know, some people that, that that word doesn't have as strong of a meaning, but I think for our group and our, our staff, we really felt that that was intentional. You know, we want to be committed. We have a chancellor and a board of trustees here are very committed to athletics. Um, chancellor Gallagher has always said that athletics is a part of the DNA at Pitt, and that's what makes Pitt special. And so um, we are committed to excellence, being the best you can be every day. And so that's really um, what our mantra or purpose focused on. Um, when we talked about characteristics of our athletic department and the people in our athletic department, you know, everybody knows you win with people. Um, and so we said, okay, what are the, you know, top 20 characteristics that we want to think about when you think about people who work at Pitt, coaches, nutritionists, athletic trainers, academic people, strength coaches, scientists, sports scientists, um, sports medicine, whatever it is, what is the makeup of what, you know, the people in this organization? Um, and so we had, I don't know, 20 or 30 words on a board and, and, uh, we said, okay, we can pick four. Like we can't have 20 words. We can't have 20 words. So, so our four words and our characteristics, when we look to hire people, when we look to, um, hire coaches and staff members are, um, first, they've got to be relentless. Um, meaning they've got to leave it all on the field. Like they've got to be relentless in their pursuit of excellence. They've got to be relentless, meaning we're going to hit a lot of walls. There's a lot of people that always say, oh, you can't do it that way. Oh, we've tried it, but you know, we've never really done it that way. You know, those are just the roadblocks. And so you got to have people that are going to be willing to push down those roadblocks and, and figure out solutions. This is a solution people business, right? So, um, so relentless is just this, you know, insatiable desire to, to figure out how to get it done. Um, the second thing was we're going to be selfless. Um, everybody knows athletics. And, and if you've ever been on a team, you know, it's not about one person or one coach. Um, and it really isn't. And so in an organization, it's not about me or even the chancellor. It's about the whole team of people that we have the ability to um, impact. You can hire the greatest coach in the world, but if they don't have exceptional athletic trainers and people raising money for them and great compliance people and great academic support and 
the business office, making sure everything runs on time and our strength coaches helping develop these kids. If we don't have excellence around that one coach, if it's not about the team, then I'm not sure what it's about. So selfless meaning, you know, you put the team, it's, you know, we, not me, obviously it's, it's an entire team effort. So that's really the second character. You, you want people who understand and want to be a part of a team. Um, the third is uh, confidence. You know, <laughs> um, if you have a product that is completely finished and perfect, then you can hire whoever you want to hire. And sometimes they've got to, you know, have confidence. But when you're trying to build something and you're, um, and, you know, I can give lots of examples of, you know, whether it was Randy Waldrum or Jay Vidovich or Dan Fisher or Jeff Capel or whatever, um, people who, who took over a program who had really not been successful. There's a level of confidence that you have to have as a coach, as a staff member. You know, Stephanie, you're a great example. You're taking over this operation. You've got to have a level of confidence to come in and say, okay, I can do this. And I'm going to be prepared. Um, when we go into competition, we're going to be confident. When we go into a presentation, we're going to be confident. When, we're going to, when we are doing anything that we do, we're going to be prepared. We're going to be well thought out. And we're going to have confidence. Um, and so that, you know, is, is a, a trait that we want to see in the people that we bring on. And then fourth and, and, and most importantly is, you know, transformative. Um, you want people who aren't afraid to, to think differently about the same thing we've been doing forever. You know, I don't even think the word sports science was a term 10 years ago, right? Maybe it was, but, but, um, you know, data analytics, um, the things that how we evolve as an organization, um, it's not just about doing the same thing we did last year. It's how do you help transform and make an impact here and and make it better, make it, you know, better than you found it. And uh, so so that's those are sort of the essence of the, the characteristics that we try to embody as a staff and we try to recruit to our staff. And, and hopefully um, that's what makes up Kid Athletics. Yeah. No, you just got me very excited, Heather. I'm like, yes, let's go run through a brick wall here. So no, I think, um, your vision and just like how you centralize things and make everyone feel included. We're kind of all working towards a common goal is super unique, you know, and um, really the selfless piece of like everyone has a different unique responsibility that kind of really touches and involves like creating the best situation for our student athletes as well. So I think that really bridges well into kind of my next question for you. Whenever I got here, I thought it was really neat that we called it like the student athlete experience 365 and just how we can all evolve and, and create the best situation for the student athletes. Cause over COVID we found out without the student athletes, what do we do? You know? Yeah. So I think um, that made us all rethink during that point in time of like, even how to get creative to help them then. But then also, can you talk a little bit about just how we create such a unique student athlete experience for our student athletes in a sense of why they choose to come to Pitt over anywhere else? Yeah, you know, I, I think one of our primary focuses and it's one of our values is the student athlete experience. And you reference it kind of 365. Our goal is, you know, I really hope that our student athletes have one of the most remarkable experiences in their life here as a student athlete. And that's that applies not not the most remarkable experience because we want them to go on and do great things. But up until this point, you think about, OK, these next four years, how do we make it as extraordinary as possible? And that's not just for a football student athlete. It's for a gymnast. It's for a track student athlete. It's for a you know, baseball student athlete and, and lacrosse and all of our sports. We have 19 teams and 
Um, and so, you know, we want to, them to have one of the most extraordinary experiences. Well, the reality is, if you don't feel success, and, um, you know, it can be extraordinary, but like, there's not this sense of pride. And so, you know, winning matters too. I mean, getting better at what we do. And so building this sense of another core value is, you know, champions live here. And so ultimately, we don't, you know, you do it the right way, but we don't want to say that we win at all costs, but winning matters. And it's, it's okay to say that you want to win, because I think there's a sense of pride. And when you talk to, I don't know, our volleyball team, for example, obviously, it's been one of our most winning programs here at Pitt over the last, you know, seven, eight years. Um, everybody that's come through that program, there's this tremendous sense of pride. They are connected to Pitt for life. They, they, they can't wait to come back. They, you see them in the stands now, the, you know, the kids that graduated last year cheering on the current team and because there's a pride factor, you know, yeah, I was a member of the ACC championship team. I was the one, you know, part of the final four team. And so I, I think that experience, it's not just about winning, but the reality is they, there is a, there's more pride in, in wearing, you know, script pit and, and being a part of it. Um, you know, obviously we want them to have a meaningful degree and, you know, our life skills program is extraordinary and, and um, helps prepare them for life after uh, graduation. But, um, but while they're here, we want it to be one of the most remarkable experiences. And, you know, it really starts with all the coaches that they get to interact with. Um, they really have a direct daily impact on them. I mean, honestly, I have an indirect impact on student athletes, but the coaches, the people that touch our student athletes every day have a direct impact. And so the people matter most. I mean, that's really, really important. Um, you know, people in facilities where, you know, who does the training and then where they live and learn is, is really most important. No, I think that's a great point. And kind of from a performance standpoint, we always look at it as a long-term athlete development, right? Like you have a young 17, 18 year old guy or girl come in and you're like, oh man, like the parents are like, oh, we need to build this frame out. Like we need to make some adjustments, the mobility, like they got these genes from me. So I'm sorry, but it's, it's really unique to see like as their parents kind of bring them, drop them off. And then as they have the evolution of freshman to sophomore year, sophomore to junior, and clearly like football, they may gain more weight and more muscle mass, but, or it's like vertical going up with volleyball, but it's really cool to see um, evolving training from the beginning to the end to really maximize that. And I think whether it's, um, whether like clearly I'm a little bit biased from a weight room standpoint or sports science standpoint from a, from a sense of like assessment, testing, monitoring, but I think giving them the best training environment, you know, to allow them to maximize potential is, is really important. You know, like they shouldn't be doing the same workout freshman year, as senior year, right. They should be evolving and working on different specific types of strength and, and things like that. But I think I was definitely extremely impressed, even when I came on campus from a, a sense of with life skills with Penny, oh my goodness, just some of the different stuff he does with the student athletes um, and how you get involved, Heather, with a lot of educational pieces and the kids get a lot of FaceTime with you. I know they really appreciate that. So um, that's just me speaking from the different weight rooms that I pop into with, all yeah. over the facilities. And so, yeah, 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 it's super unique and awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, it, it, there's, when I talk to recruits often, you know, I, I mean, it's really interesting because they come in, you know, sometimes 15, 16, 17 years old, and, you know, it, it feels like the most important decision in their life up until this point, right? And so I always say to them, like, look, at the, the reality is everybody is going to have, you know, everyone's basketball court is the same size, you know, everyone's 
the, the pool is the same size. The baseball diamond is the same size. You know, your football field's 100 yards long. Um, everyone's going to have a weight room. Everyone's going to have locker rooms. Everyone's going to have training facilities and nutrition areas and all this stuff. But so, so I get past that and sort of say, you know, the people are going to make the most difference in your, in your experience here, you know, because you're going to be in any weight room wherever you choose. So think about the people and the relationships you want to develop with those people. And I think our people, I put them up against anybody in the country, right? So I, I think the people make the difference, the coaches, the, the staff that, that really directly impact them every day. And I think that's what makes Pitt unique. I mean, we have people, we just have an extraordinary coaching group and, and, and support staff around them that will make them better athletes, will make them better people, will make them better prepared for life after, after Pitt. So, um, you know, you take all the stuff away and I think it, it boils down to where do you, who do you want to live and learn with every day? No, definitely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more because of course, me being a college athlete as well, we think back to like, man, how do we make that choice to go to a certain spot, you know, and it's unique depending on if you're at a, a Michigan or um, I can't say where I went to school because there are rivals so we're not going to mention that, but um, no, it's, it's, it's really cool to think about like your experience and how you want to make the best experience for all the student athletes that come in now. So awesome. Right. Awesome. Kind of transforming here to uh, back to more of like the hiring process, Heather. Um, so we talked about just student athlete experience, um, really just our mantra. And you touched on some of the characteristics being relentless, selfless, competent, transformative. Um, I know another thing is clearly being left-handed is always a big pro uh, when it comes <laughs> to the hiring process, but just any other characteristics that you really look for? Cause you meet with people all across the spectrum, whether it's like equipment, strength coaches, um, data analytics, uh, compliance, yeah. any other characteristics that you look for um, as you interview different people coming to campus? Yeah. I mean, um, obviously coaching hires are, are, are hugely important, um, but every single person in our organization matters. And that's why I do try to meet with um, as many people that we're hiring as possible. And, and um there's two questions right out of the gate that I always like to ask that give me a sense of kind of who they are and the depth of the person. And one is really, you know, why do you do what you do? Whatever the, whatever the profession, if they're, you know, why are you in equipment? Like what is compliance about to you? Why are you a strength coach? You know, why is coaching soccer that, you know, what you've gotten into? Um, and, you know, it's not just like, okay, making kids great through the sport that I coach, you know, or, you know, I hope it's not, I just fell into this, right? You know, there's usually some depth and there's some real understanding about why they're doing what they're doing. And um, it gives you a sense of how deep they are, or how thoughtful they are about their profession or how much it matters to them. Um, I mean, keep it all in perspective. It's not called, my mom always says, you're going to work, you're not going to life. Um, so you have to have a life, but you know, there's a sense of if people really care about what they do. I mean, some people aren't the brightest and co most competent, but if they care, it will come out and they really care deeply about their job. So I like to understand, you know, why do you do what you do? And then number two, why do you want to be a pit? I mean, that's, that's, you know, so when you're interviewing, like if you're going for a job, like why do you want to work at the place? So how much homework have they done? How much research have they done? How much do they know about your organization? Um, it, it sort of shows how much work they're willing to put in to figure out 
what they can figure out and learn what they can learn. Are they learners? Are they, you know, have they spent some time thinking about this opportunity seriously? And so I think those two questions out of the gate um, give you a sense of that. Um, and then, you know, I, I love people who um, take initiative, you know, and, and aren't afraid to bring ideas to an organization because, um, you know, no idea is a bad idea unless you don't share it. And there's a lot of great ideas that happen at other places that you can adapt. You know, we can adapt to pit. It doesn't have to be, I mean, there's a, it's hard to find like brand new ideas. So most people say, oh, you know, we did it here or we did it this way at this place, or I saw this happening. And then, hey, could we try it here? And if, if you're open and you're, you're creative and you're willing to try new things, then I think that that's a really good trait. Um, you know, a lot of people can bring ideas. A lot of people can execute ideas and a lot of people can promote their ideas. And, um, so those are, those are some of the things that, you know, I, I look forward to, um, when I, when I visit with people and, you know, at the end of the day, I always also think when it comes to coaches in particular, like, are they in it for the right reason? Like, is it about that person or is it about how they're going to make an impact on young people? And many times you can sense, does the person want to, hey, how can, how, what can I do for this place or what is this place going to do for me? And if it's, what can I do for this place? you know, it's in a good spot. You know, I, I just, that, I think there's two types of people. They, when they approach a job, they're coming there. They're like, Hey, what's this place going to do for me? Eh, that's not quite the feeling you want. You know, it's, it's, what can you do for this place? How are you going to help? How are you going to make it better every day? Um, and uh, so those are some things that I, that go through my head. And I think about when we're hiring people. Yeah, no, I'm constantly just writing down notes. I'm like, man, this is fantastic. So people definitely take notes, get out a pen and paper when you're listening to this episode, if you haven't already. So um, no, I think uh, that's definitely why you do what you do, you know, is always so important and why you got in it. And I think depending on the field, like I know strength and conditioning is definitely a, a hard field to get into. And if you don't have a, a true why at the beginning stages, um, I knew one of my mentors, he told me is like, Hey, Steph, look around at the, the different inter interns around you. Like, it's usually one or two of you guys of like the six that are really going to make it like 10 years from now still being in the field. So I think um, it's definitely, if you don't have a why, you know, it's going to be pretty difficult to kind of stay in it. So I think that's a, a really good point and it's super revealing throughout the interview process and, and informative as well. There could be really unique things that you didn't know about somebody that they may be willing to share. So awesome. Right. Awesome, Heather. Well, okay. This next question I'm very excited about because I feel like you've had great advice so far, but um. Heather, would you be willing to share the best advice that you've gotten throughout your career to allow you to get to the point that you're at now? You know, I, I thought about that. Um, oh, there's, I would say there's a couple really key things. One, um, you know, Gene uh, Smith at Ohio State, um, used to, you know, he, he would say, you know, stay connected to those who matter and everybody matters. You know, and so that that's the reality of it. I mean, you win with people and you have to re, you have to uh, that sense of building the sense of team and the, the camaraderie and the appreciation for what people do um, and, and not just internally, but externally, too. You know, I mean, across campus, my colleagues on campus, um, our donors are people who really support the athletic department. I mean, 
everybody matters. Everybody makes a difference. And so, um, you know, I think that that's really important. Um, and then I, I have always, you know, been told like, don't let others put limits on yourself, you know, like go aspire to do whatever you want to do. Um, and, um, and I think that that's, I mean, I, I don't think you should ever put limits on yourself. Um, one other piece of advice, Bob Goyne told me at, a, at Cincinnati and, um, he was the AD there at the time. And, and I think that this is really important too, is, you know, um, and it's easy to say and hard to do sometimes, but like, try not to be critical of the person above you. Um, like if you want to be a commissioner or if you want to be the president of, uh, or you want to be the head of your department, then go get that job. In the meantime, be supportive and understand and learn and grow, but, but don't be critical because it's easy to criticize from below, you know? So if I want to be critical of the chancellor, like Heather, go be a chancellor, like realize that they are supporting athletics in the way in which they can support it. And I'm not here to be critical because you need the people above you and you need their support and understanding. Um, and so I, I think that that's important to keep in mind too, because, you know, some people, even when I was not the AD and I could be like, why are they doing that? I'm like, you know, Heather, if you want to be critical, go be an AD or, you know, cause it's just not be the head of strength condition. If you think it's that easy, you know, like it's just, so so I think really supporting the people above you also matters. Um, and, uh, you know, having great aspirations. Um, I, I love people too, that when we're in a meeting and ideas come up and you always look around the room and think, okay, who's going to do that for us? Cause I can't, you know, I can't do it all. And, and so people who take initiative are, are priceless, you know, people who are willing to say, Hey, I'll do that. I'll do that. Hey, can I, can I help put a team together to do that? Or can I participate? And, you know, for example, we're hosting, I don't know, volleyball championships, soccer championships all weekend. And there's a lot of people who are just like, how can I help? And that, that matters so much to, in, in so many different ways. So I think people who take initiative and really want to help outside of their maybe lane um, are really good. That was always good advice that was given to me to Hey, Heather, don't just, I started in the compliance industry. That's, you know, I was, I was a lawyer and I got into compliance and if I wanted to grow, I needed to, you know, offer to help in other ways. So they, you know, people told me like, take initiative and say, you're willing to help host the swimming championships that, you know, or, or what have you. And then you get involved and get to know people um, in other areas within the department. No, I think that's really cool. Staying connected is so important. And even I remember last year, Heather, it was really cool whenever you came to like a staff meeting for all of the different areas. And yeah. I know that was that was really neat when you came to our staff meeting. We had a couple of interns that were like, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I got the opportunity to to meet yeah. our athletic director. And um, the fact that you're you're so invested in a sense of making the time to do that to just kind of understand what everyone is going through, or maybe like asking the questions of like, what do you guys need help support wise from me? I think that was super unique and any university I've been at prior to this, um, I've never had that occur. So I thought that was, that was really cool. And you staying connected, literally like yeah. doing the dang thing. So um, appreciate that. And uh, I thought it was really unique and, and you standing by your word and just making it happen. So appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, awesome, okay. Um, before we wrap up, I know we have an extremely exciting project coming up here at Pitt. Um, so I wanted to see if you'd be willing to give us a sneak peek 
into our bright future of Victory Heights and kind of just give a little bit of info on it. Not too much, but just uh, kind of what that space is going to be. Yeah, no, this is Stephanie's future, you know, Taj Mahal home. Um, I think she is going to have the best view on campus. <laughs> um, you can come anytime, Heather. I know you yeah. spend time in the weight room. She trains a lot, guys, so yeah, watch yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I might have to change my location since I'm in the basement of the beat right now. I might be moving to Victory Heights. Is, um, is, yeah. uh, so Victory Heights is a project we've been working on for almost five years um, and really um, could not do it without the chancellor, you know, Gallagher here and our board of trustees who supported this vision. Um, but what it is, is it's a new arena and sports performance complex. So and uh, it is technically two buildings, but they are connected. Um, it's a $240 million project. Um, the arena will be for volleyball, wrestling, and gymnastics, a competition arena. And then the sports performance area is all the training facilities for those sports, um, volleyball, wrestling, gymnastics. And then we have never had a home for our spirit squad, so our cheerleaders and dance, which we have over 75 kids there. Um, and then all of the you know, sports performance aspects, the strength conditioning center, the uh, Sports medicine, we'll have a real nutrition area, equipment, and then all the coaches' offices, student athlete lounge, um, meal prep, meal places. Um, yeah, and it overlooks the, the, I mean, it's elevated. So I think the strength conditioning area overlooks the Cathedral of Learning. So it's pretty, it's going to be pretty iconic. Um, we are currently in a 1951 building that we are doing a lot of, I mean, we have done all the work that we can possibly do and we are made the most out of that space. And this new space, I, I think I said it, you know, our wrestling coach, Keith Gavin, you know, everybody knows wrestlers, like they don't need stuff and bling and, you know, give me a, give me a, give me a basement room and a mat and, you know, we'll get the work done. Um, they're inherently motivated, but Keith said it really well to me one time about, you know, what does Victory Heights mean to you? And because um, wrestling coaches, again, they're not, they figure ways to get things done. They're not high needy in that sense. But he said, you know what? Victory Heights will now show to our student athletes that our facilities match our expectations. And, you know, if we expect to go compete for ACC and national championships, then we need a training and learning environment that reflects those expectations. And so, when I think about classrooms and, you know, laboratories across campus, I mean, these are our human laboratories. This is where we live and learn. This is where we study, um, uh, you know, all of the aspects of sports science, you know, and the training components. I mean, it has evolved. Like, this is now a technologically savvy group. This isn't just, you know, hey, we lift weights because we're supposed to do 12 reps, you know. Um, we're, we're measuring everything that we do all the time. Coaches study everything. So why aren't our strength coaches? So I think this will be a new, um, it'll just be, it'll match our expectations and it will be a um, really transformative project for campus. And I think our student athletes, we won't know what to do. It'll be, it'll be really exceptional. And, and um, you know, it's, we'll, our goal is to be, you know, a premier athletic department in the country and to lead in this space. And so you put great people in, you know, average facilities. I mean, they can do the best they can, but you put extraordinary, great people in great facilities. And I think we can really build and sustain success here at Pitt 
And um, that's what we're planning to do. Yes, no, I know. Uh, ever since we put out um, the statement to everybody, just the amount of people that have been reaching out to me, even like in the city of the Pittsburgh um, pro teams and things like that, they're just like, oh man, we got to come uh, check this out and tell us about it. So it, it's really exciting. And I think, yeah, Keith put it in a really great way. Um, and he's an awesome guy. So really, I trained best league last year. So I spent a lot of time with him and yeah, uh, wrestling is definitely a unique sport and their work ethic is so, so high, but yeah, I think that's a great way. And he was a national champ, so he knows really what it takes. Uh, so that's super unique and awesome, but, um, all right, Heather, well, to wrap this up, I just have one more question for you. Um, and I think like a lot of, a lot of younger people could benefit from your answer for this one. So how do you continue to evolve as a leader? So this is probably something that I'm super interested in as a leader, but how do you continue to evolve as a leader? And then any advice you would give someone on how to find a great mentor out there in the world? Yeah, um, well, um, I would naturally say read a lot. Um, and I do read, I read a lot of articles. I don't read, and I listen to some podcasts, um, not a ton. Uh, I listen to podcasts when they give them to me, but I don't spend time searching for podcasts. Um, and I get a ton of really good books. Actually, I just got a book yesterday. Um, I have not read it and I may read it, but it's so funny because uh, this is really funny. It's called To Risk It All. And it's Nine Conflicts and the Crucible of Decision. And it's written by nine Navy admirals, um, guys, James Stavridis. And um, so the gentleman who sent it to me is a dear friend, Tom Thomas. And he said, you know, hope this finds you well. He sends me a letter, right? And then he says, I know you don't have time to read. Read it anyway. <laughs> So, and then he gave me the, the Cliff Notes version because he's like, Heather, if you don't read this, here are the nine lessons. But um, <laughs> the, the author's a, um, a retired four-star admiral and he shares these nine stories about um, critical decisions that um, from nine Navy leaders and each chapter is one of those stories. So I'm thinking I could just read like one of the chapters and get it and, and then I'll read the next chapter another time because... Um, but anyway, it is, um, so I do get a lot of books and I, I don't spend a ton of time. I read on the planes and, you know, whenever I get on a plane, it's read or sleep. And so that's one of the things, um, but how to find a great mentor. Uh, I think you can't underestimate the value of, you know, a colleague mentor, a mentor, um, an advocate, a confidant, um, a truth teller, somebody, you know, really it's important. Um, and, you know, I've been lucky. I, you know, I did, I worked for, you know, three extraordinary ADs, you know, Bob Goyne and Andy Geiger and Gene Smith, and, and they were all great mentors to me. Um, and, and then Peg Bradley Doppis was a mentor of mine. She was a senior associate at Michigan when I was a student athlete. And she was really the aspiration for me because I saw her in that role. And I thought, how do I be you, you know? And, and she helped me many times, you know, career decisions, job offers, you know, negotiation skills. I would never ask for money. I mean, you know, like women just, I, it's probably a bad stereotype, but we don't, we undervalue our worth. And, um, and so I think, yeah, you, you need to be vulnerable with somebody and, you know, and, and someone will gravitate and, you know, that you work for and you'll, I think what you do is important, where you do it is next important, but who you do it for and with every day is really most important. 
And so when you look at career choices, you know, find out who you're working for. Do they invest in you? Do they care? Will they care about you? Will, can you share your aspirations with them? And will they help you get to that next spot if that's or grow within your organization? Um, and so um, I think you have to be attuned to that and, and recognize when someone is willing to help and then be vulnerable. Hey, I'd like to, I think I want to be an AD. What's that, you know, path look like? How do I, how do I do that? Um, and, and, and do a great job where you're at, you know, like if you're always looking for the next opportunity, that's probably the, not the best way to get, you know, the mentor at that spot. But if you're just looking to grow and make an impact, sometimes you can do it within your own organization. And, and um, so I think being a little vulnerable, being uh, astute to those issues are important. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I actually got, um, like you were talking about a book, um, I got an email from someone I had met uh, at like a virtual conference and he had given me some advice. He's an NFL GM actually. And I taped it up above my computer. So I was like, this is really good. Um, and his was try to dominate the role you're in. So like be present where you're at, be intentional, but practice patience because that's always really important. And then if you dominate, it usually works out a little later than desired. So I think uh, I thought very in tune with what you're saying as well, Heather. That's um, great advice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Be intentional. I mean, you do, you have to be a little intentional, um, but you don't want to be perceived as I'm only looking for the next thing. So be intentional, but patient. I, I think that's great advice because it will happen. You know, success does find those people that really aspire for it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. But awesome, Heather. Well, that's all I have for you. Anything else to add on your end before we close this thing up? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for what you do for Pitt and all of our kids. And um, our teams are so much better because of you and your team. So it's awesome. Yeah, I feel the same way, Heather. So thank you so much and hail to Pitt and have a great day. Yeah, hail to Pitt. You got it. Thanks, Steph. Of course, Heather. Thank you.